So we're in this New Year series, it's, it's called New, in which we're dealing with the things that are standing in the way of us walking in our new life with Jesus. So our main text that we've been dealing with is Ephesians 4, in which Paul challenges and encourages the believers not to live in their old sinful ways like the unbelievers do, or like they used to live, but now to live in their new life with Christ. So in week one, we saw how laziness stands in the way of our living a new life with Christ. In week two, we saw how pride stands in the way of living in our new life with Christ. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to see how our mind can stand in the way of living in our new life with Christ, our mind or our thought life. So let's look at the text first, and it says this. Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So there are three things, uh, if you can kind of see, they're, they're emboldened, and basically the three points, the three things that Paul points out about our minds is futility of their minds, darkened in their understanding, and then alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at each of these three and learn how we can deal with them in our own lives so we can make the necessary changes in order to live in our new life with Christ. So first what I want to do is I want to start with futility of their minds. Now futility means pointless or useless. Pointless or useless. So these unbelievers that Paul is speaking about are focusing their minds on pointless and useless things. And Paul tells them, as a believer, this is not what you should do. You shouldn't focus your mind on pointless and useless things. Now, this is kind of like a can of worms for us today in our culture, right? Because we live in the information age, and we're daily inundated through the media, right? We're daily inundated through the media. And what we take into our minds actually starts to dictate our focus. Do you realize that? What you take in your mind dictates your focus. Now, for some of us, maybe the biggest challenge that you are facing right now is you spend too much time in front of a screen, whether it's a TV screen, a computer screen, a phone. We fill our minds with the things that we choose to take in, right? So the channels we like, the media we like, the, you know, the, the internet sets, sites we like. So what we take into our mind actually dictates the things that we think about. What we take into our mind actually dictates the things that we think about. So Paul in Philippians 4 actually tells us what we should be thinking about, what we should set our mind on. He says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So Paul kind of tells us, here's what you should be thinking about. Here's kind of like the filter that you should be looking at when you're thinking, when you're kind of alone with your thoughts. Now, the more we take in, the more negative, the more impure, the more, the more we're going to think about those things. So if what we take in on our screens violates these things, it puts our minds at risk of thinking about pointless and use, useless things. 
which will not serve us well in our goal to live in our new life with Christ. And it will basically challenge the fact that there are things that need to be changed. So basically what will happen is we'll wake up one day and say, I think this needs to change. But then what we take in might say, it doesn't really need to change, does it? And then we kind of convince ourselves and kind of believe the lie. So what do we do? So what do we do? Now, some people take this approach. They shut it all down, right? No TV, no computer, no internet, no social media, no phone. They shut it all down. And you know, you, you love these people when they do that on Facebook, right? They tell you before they do it, you won't see me around, you know? And then you know when they're back because for some reason they just can't control it. So they have to throw it all away. But if you've tried that, you know, and you realize it's probably not the answer, right? It's probably not the answer because it's part of our world. And in order to be effective with the people around us, we kind of need to be connected in some ways and informed, right? When Christians are not informed, it's kind of a bad thing, isn't it? When we're not informed with what's going on in the world. So here's what I want to suggest. Here's what we need to do. You need to ask yourself some questions about your media intake so that your mind does not focus on pointless and useless things. Get that? You got to ask yourself some questions. So I got them for you. You can wait till the whole list is on to take a picture of it on your phone. But we're going to go through this list. And the first question is, am I wasting time? Am I wasting time? I love how social media has done us this huge favor of giving us 15 to 30 second videos in scroll mode, right? And your algorithms will be like, okay, I like watching people fall down. <laughs> right? And we, we you know, guilty as charged, right? So you have to say, what am I doing here? Okay, I know there's entertainment, there's value in entertainment. I mean, people falling down, some might say that's not entertainment. I would disagree. Um, so here's the thing. You have to ask, am I wasting time? Whatever it is, TV, computer, phone, social media, whatever it is, am I wasting time? Here's the best thing to do. Set limits for yourself. Set limits for yourself. I'll tell you right now, I set limits on certain apps on my phone. And then the thing comes and it locks it out and it says, your limit is done. And granted, I could just tap and be like, I want more time, right? But the truth is, it reminds me, duh, Mike, you're wasting time. 10, 15 minutes, okay, you're wasting time. After that, it's just more time wasted. So it brings us to the second question, and that is this. Am I learning something, right? Am I learning something? Some of the things we take in are very helpful, right? So we're on these social media sites maybe or on the internet or watching TV or something like that and you're learning something, something of benefit, something that's helpful, something that might be helping you better yourself in life. So you have to ask, am I learning something? But some of you probably realize this. You might watch something or scroll on something and you're like, I think I just got dumber. I think I just got dumber. I know that's not a real word, right? But I think I just got dumber for this time that I spent watching this movie, watching this sitcom, looking at this, whatever it is. So you have to ask, am I learning something? Is this adding value to my life? The next thing you want to ask yourself is, did I connect with people in a meeting, meaningful way? If my time on the screen 
gave me opportunities to connect with people in positive and meaningful ways, that's a good thing, isn't it? Take social media. What's the first word in social media? Social. It's designed, right, to connect people. Sadly, it's kind of went a little the other way because some people sit in their house, they feel like they're being social. They never leave their house, but they feel like they're connected. That's not good, okay? That's the, the other extreme. But, you know, this might give you opportunities to connect with people in meaningful ways, people that you went to high school with, people that you haven't seen in years, people that moved away. That's a good thing. So don't, I, I don't want you to feel guilty, and that's why, like I say, throwing it all away isn't necessarily answer because sometimes you do have meaningful connections with other people that can be positive and in fact it might help you in your walk with Christ and it might actually help them or bring them to Christ. The next question you have to ask yourself is this, did this make me upset, angry, or annoyed? Did this make me upset, angry, or annoyed? Sometimes the things we take in cause us to be in negative mood, right? I mean, granted, we're in charge of our thoughts, we're in charge of our mood, but sometimes things that we take in cause us to be negative. And I know that this is popular, and you know, and this is popular among like the older contingent. Like, I don't do any of that social media. They'll say that, right? People say that to me. I don't do any of that social media. But you watch the same news channel 24-7 that's one-sided and makes you angry and annoyed every day. What's the difference, okay? Pick your poison, basically, is what it comes down to at that point. So now you have to say, if I'm watching this one news channel every day that's making me say, these people, these people, these people, those people, those people, you have to say, is this helpful for me? Like it's filling my brain with negativity. Some of it might be true, but that doesn't mean it's not making you a negative, grouchy person because that's all you're thinking about. Which brings us to the next thing, and that is, is this helping me walk in my new life with Christ? Is what I'm taking in helping me walk in my new life with Christ? Now, are there, there are many positive Christian websites that can be helpful apps that we can use, um, you know, shows that you can watch, things that help you and point you towards the Lord. We have a resource link on our app and on our website, things that will help you. Actually, a new one that I just found recently, I think I posted on some of the social media, it's called Through the Word. It's an app, and it's kind of like the YouVersion Bible app. But I, 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 can I say this out loud? I actually like it better than the YouVersion Bible app. It's actually the, the, uh, the theology taught there is pretty streamlined stuff. And so it's called Through the Word. If you want to look that up wherever you buy your apps. <laughs> it's free though. <laughs> so the thing is, there are things that will help you in your walk with Christ. I mean, we live in this amazing time where we can get our questions answered, where we can dig in and search. We don't have to have a shelf full of old books looking things up. They streamline these things, and it's been so helpful for us. And then this one is, would Jesus like what I'm taking in? Okay? This is the old adage, right? What would Jesus do, or what would Jesus say? If Jesus was looking over my shoulder, would he say, that's funny, Mike, you should DM that to all your friends, right? <laughs> would Jesus say that, okay? Does he like 
what I'm looking at? Is he pleased with what I'm looking at? Because guess what? He is right there. He is looking over our shoulder. So if you're asking this last question, the way you know the answer to what Jesus will like is in the Bible. That's where we find what Jesus likes, dislikes, and what he desires. Which brings us to the next thing that Paul says about the unbelievers and their minds, and that is this. They are darkened in their understanding. Darkened in their understanding. Why? The unbelievers are in darkness because they do not know God. Now, an unbeliever wouldn't say, I'm in darkness. But the truth is, what the scriptures teach is, we are all in darkness until we see the light of Jesus. The condition of the human mind and heart is darkness because of sin. Sin is our problem, but Jesus came to bring us into the light. Look at what this passage says. John 12, 46, Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus is the light. Our problem is sin. Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Three days later, he rose to prove that he's God. And the scriptures say this, all who believe will have eternal life. All who believe will no longer walk in darkness, but will walk in light. Our minds will not be darkened any longer. But here's the thing. It's sad to say that many believers, although we are in the light, don't live that way. Listen to what 1 John chapter 1 says. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You know the reason believers do not practice the truth is because they do not have a biblical worldview. They don't know what the scriptures teach. They don't know what God desires, what God likes, what God dislikes, because they don't know the word. So even though they have the light of salvation, they're still living in darkness. This is why we're committed here at the church to teach and preach the word of God, because we want to shed the light. We want to spread the light. We want people to live in the light. We want people to know who Christ is and what he desires and what he's done and how we should live our lives. But do you realize this? Hearing a 30-minute sermon a week is not enough because you're making decisions each day. And maybe those decisions you have to make, even today or tomorrow, have nothing to do with what the sermon was about. You're like sitting there at work, you're like, what should I do? Well, the sermon was about laziness. It doesn't apply. I don't know what to do. Right? Imagine that was your life. If you were just fed on just Sunday morning and did dig in on your own, you need to be in the Word daily. This is the reason why. It becomes part of who you are, which becomes part of how you think. Because the more you fill yourself with God's word, the more your thoughts are the things of God's word. So when you have to make a decision, you don't have to say, oh, I wonder what God says about this. Let me find it. You say, I know what God says because I've been studying it all my life. That's why the Bible is a life book. It's a life book. Okay, You never arrived. You've never studied it all and know everything about it. Okay? You're never at that point. The more you're in the word, the more you know the word. The more God will use his word 
to do his work in your life. It will bring light to the dark corners of your life, to those decisions that you have to make, to the ways that you need to live. Hebrews 4.12 says it this way. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Soren Kierkegaard said it this way, when you read God's word, you must constantly be asking yourself, is it talking to me? Is it about me? Is it talking to me? Is it about me? Many times our default goes to so-and-so needs to hear this. I'm going to send them this, right? So-and-so needs this. First thing, hey, maybe so-and-so does, but so do you. Okay, so the first thing you have to say, is this talking to me? Is this about me? Is this talking to me? Is this about me? See, when our focus on the word, when we focus on the word in our lives, we develop that biblical worldview, the lens in which we look at the world. And we're no longer in darkness. We no longer have a darkened understanding because we know who God is and what he desires. So this passage says, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. You know what I like about that verse? To the simple. That's us, okay? We're simple apart from God. We might think we're something else. And if we, if we think that, go back to last week and listen to the one about pride, okay? To smack you back down, to realize you need God's wisdom. Now, the last term Paul uses applies to the people that don't pay attention or maybe don't even care, and that is ignorance. Ignorance. The root word for, for ignorance is ignore, okay? Ignore. We've heard this term a million times, right? Ignorance is bliss. Have you heard that? Ignorance is bliss. Well, thanks to the internet, I was able to search. Where in the world did that come from? Who said that in the first place, right? Well, the phrase dates back to 1742 in a poem from a man named Thomas Gray. He states this, Where ignorance is bliss, tis folly to be wise. Okay, right? This is what this guy says. In other words, ignorance of certain issues make you happy, right? Ignorance of certain issues make you happy. This is the turn it off people, right? Turn everything off. I don't want to know, right? So there's the thing. Here's the thing. The point is not informing yourself on those issues or informing yourself on those issues will only make you miserable. And listen, I get it. Sometimes you just need to get away. You don't want to know. But ignorance is not bliss, so to speak. Sadly, many people are tempted to ignore God's word. Ignore God's word. We come across something. We don't understand it. So instead of looking into it, we set it aside. Eh, I don't need to know that. Right? And then somebody asks you a question. Hey, what about that? And you're like, I had that question a long time ago. Never really looked it up. Never really cared. Kind of ignored it. I'm lazy. Eh, maybe I'm full of pride too. Right? So this is what happens, right? Billy Graham says this. If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. Get that? If you're ignorant of God's word, you will be ignorant of God's will. You won't know what he wants you to do. That's why you're running around asking people, Pastor Mike, what's God's will for my life? Get in the word. That's God's will. He's going to 
lead you in the directions that you need to be led. Here's what Paul says in Romans 2, 12. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. So the world and what we take in will try to make us conform to what they want us to believe. Have you noticed this? The world will try to make us conform. And they get really upset if you don't believe what they believe. Have you noticed that? Okay, That's one thing that we as Christians shouldn't do. Okay, If, somebody, if you're talking to somebody about the Lord and they're like, eh, eh, don't get upset, just keep praying for them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a hardness of heart. It's a darken of mind. Don't get upset. Yeah, you got to believe. You, that's not a good evangelistic tool, right? So but the world, they'll try to make us conform. You have to believe what I believe. Conform. But here's the truth. Paul says, don't conform. Be transformed. When we're transformed and we live in our new life of Christ, we'll not ignore what God desires us to do. We'll not be ignorant of what he desires because we spend time in it. We spend time looking to see the one who loves me. I want to please him. I want to live my life in view of him. But there are also times when we come across something that we don't want to follow. So we ignore what God says and we don't follow his wisdom. Have you ever had that in your life? You know what you're supposed to do, and you're like, I don't want to. I'm going to ignore that. Any of you parents here, when you tell your kids something, and they know what they're supposed to do, you've made it abundantly clear. How upset are you when they go directly against it? Right? If my kid is doing something wrong, and I never told them what to do right in that situation... I'm going to have a lot more grace, right? And be like, okay, you know what? The kid didn't know. But now I'm going to use this as an opportunity. But if the kid knows, now I'm a little upset. Now I'm a little upset because not only did they go the wrong way and it wasn't helpful for them, they, they knew better. They knew what they were supposed to do. So what I want to do is this. In our closing time, I want to look at Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. I know it's a lot of verses, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to make comments as it applies to following God by living our new life with Christ. So in the text, wisdom is personified as a woman, okay? So basically wisdom, when she calls out, okay, it's personified as a woman. Calling out loudly for the people to listen and follow and not go down the wrong path. So wisdom is God's wisdom, right? So in the passage, it's personified as a woman. Proverbs 1, 20 through 21, wisdom cries out aloud. So let's look. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates, she speaks. So basically, the idea here is this. Imagine just this crowded street, this noisy place, and all these things are trying to cloud the mind of this person, right? And wisdom, she, maybe like we'll just say the mother, calls out to her kids, don't go that way. Don't do that. I love you. 
go this way. This is not going to be helpful. But all the noise has that kid kind of spinning, right? That's this world. That's this culture for us. All the noise has us kind of spinning. And then it says this. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Wisdom is saying, you know what? I'm right here. Walk this way. Don't continue being simple. Don't continue scoffing at what wisdom actually is. Then it goes on to say this. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse because I have called and you refuse to listen. I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. So then it goes on to say this. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Now this is a weird passage, isn't it? Because it almost sounds like God's laughing at us when we make a bad decision and bad things happen. But it's not. Okay, This is not God laughing and mocking. This is wisdom laughing and mocking. You all know the feeling. When the right option presents itself and we ignore it and we go the wrong way, you all know that feeling, right? You look, oh, I should have went that way. It's almost like the right option was like, I told you so, right? <laughs> look over here. You could have been sitting over here. Things could have been this way. But you knew. You ignored. You went the wrong way. You made the wrong decision. We go to sleep at night, right? With that feeling. Oh, can't believe it. My prayer for myself and my family is that we don't ever have to feel that way. That we always follow after the Lord. That we don't have to say, should I just run away so nobody knows me? Because I did this? Because I'm embarrassed of this? We don't want to sit or be in those shoes. So then, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despise my reproof. This is reminding us, sometimes some things can't be undone. You ever notice this? This is not God saying, oh, I'm not going to come now. No, this is not God. This is wisdom. Sometimes you're living with the bad decision that you made. Have you ever been there? Some of us have, right? We have to live. We made the decision to ignore. We have to live. And then it says this. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Eat the fruit, so you reap what you sow. Here's what you did, now sit in the consequences. Now this reminds me of that viral video that was all over the news about a week ago. Some of you, some of you probably saw this. It was a man pleading with the judge that was sending him to prison for the second time. Right? Some of you saw this, right? He had a list of offenses. He seems sincere. He's like, I try to do the right thing all the time. 
That's what he says. I try to do the right thing all the time. The judge, her exact words were, I appreciate that, but I think it's time you get a taste of something else because I just can't with this history. The idea here was she was trying to convey, you reap what you sow, what's done is done, you're going to eat the fruit, taste the fruit of how you lived, and that, unfortunately for you, is jail time. If you saw the video, you're probably going to go look it up now. No sooner did those words leave that woman's lips than that guy literally jumps over the judge bench. You see, and he's like doing like Jimmy Superfly Snooker over and lands on the judge. It's, it's insane. When I saw it, when I first saw the clip come up and I saw the guy, I was like, oh, he seems so sincere. He tries to do the right thing all the time. Next thing I know, this lady, this guy is flying over the bench. The ignorance of this man blaming and attacking the judge for instituting justice after on multiple occasions he ignored the right thing to do, did the wrong thing. The point is this. When we ignore the right and do the wrong, there's probably going to be some real-world consequences, aren't there? And that comes from the mind, right? When we think about the things and we fill our minds with the things that we're not supposed to live in, then those things eventually come out. So the final two verses say this. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. When we focus our minds on the Lord and not on pointless, useless things, when we're enlightened by getting into his word, and when we do not ignore but follow his word and his wisdom, we walk in the new life that we have in Christ, and we're able to make the changes in our lives that need to be made.